today's episode, I'm sharing with you all the things I love about playing online poker. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi. And of course, happy Valentine's Day, and thank you so much for spending some of your study time with me today. So if it's your first time here, welcome in. And if you're back for more, welcome back, Jack. If you enjoy this episode and you end up learning a little something that you can take to the felt to exploit your opponents, please share this one with a friend. Send them to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 278. So today I am sharing all the things I love about online poker. Uh, you know, when I started planning this episode, I thought there might be like six things, but literally there are 14 things. I just counted them. And there's a couple that I left on the cutting room floor as well. So lots to love about poker from this guy. But no more talk. Let's get to it and talk some more about my love of poker. Gambate. Hell yeah. Let's do this. So because it's Valentine's Day, I thought it'd be a good idea to share with you my love for online poker. Now, maybe some of you who only play the live game, well, this might convince you to give it a shot. And for those of you who love online just like me, hey, we're one in the same, baby. So the first thing I love about online poker is that it's open 24 hours a day. When I was a live player, uh, I don't know if you really know this about me, but I'm a morning person. I wake up by between 4 and 4.30 every single morning to get to work. So when I was a live player, sometimes I wanted to play poker like it's 6 a.m., right? Waking up early, it'd be great to go down to the local card room. But the card rooms were hardly ever open. Or if they were open, there was only one table full of old timers and people who stayed up all night. And I just didn't enjoy those, right? Uh, so with online poker, 24-7, you have tables there. Sit and goes, cash games, all that stuff is firing off. Loving it. The next thing I love about online poker is the cheap practice. So when the buy-in's only two bucks or five bucks, right? You can practice all the aggressive and costly plays that you want. So, like, if you need to work on 3-bet bluffing, for example, you could just go to town on the $2 or $5 tables for, like, a fraction of the $200 live game buy-in. You know, something about online poker, of course, uh, is that you can use poker tracking software. And this is something that I absolutely love. And of course, Poker Tracker 4 is my love, right? Other than like uh, uh, the, the $25 I spent for Flopzilla, the Poker Tracker purchase that I made, I think back in 2009, maybe, that was probably the best money I have ever spent. With Poker Tracker 4, I can go through my database and I can group the results by different situations. Like, for example, maybe I think I'm just the bee's knees when it comes to c-betting. So I go to my database, filter for c-betting on the flop, and then I look and I see a piddly little win rate of 122 big blinds per 100 hands, right? So this automatically, I see the hard number staring in, uh, staring right back at me on the screen, right? This dispels any myths that I might hold in my head about me being a terrific c-better. So now that I've found this area of opportunity, I can now work through all of my c-betting hands to see how I can possibly improve my strategies. I can even go through. And I can look at all the hands where I chose not to c-bet, right? But I checked instead. So I can learn from, hey, maybe I should have c-bet this, that kind of thing. I can even dive further. And like every hand where I c-bet and got raised, I can look at those. Every hand where I c-bet, I called and then I checked the turn, I can look at those as well. Or maybe I c-bet the flop and then I got raised and then I called and by the showdown, right, I lost 50 big blinds. I can filter for that specific situation to learn from those mistakes as well. 
<laughs> I love Poker Tracker 4. <laughs> All right. So uh, speaking of poker tracking software, right? I love the fact that sites I play on allow me to use my smart HUD while I'm playing. Now, the HUD allows me to spot my opponent's tendencies super quickly. I mean, like after just 10 hands, right? Maybe I, a brand new table, a brand new player comes to my table, never played with them before, and I have other tables going on. I'm playing on other tables. 10 hands pass. I haven't even looked at what this player's been doing, but I glance at the table, and the HUD tells me that he's been playing 80% of hands preflop, and he's raised 0% of the time. Well, what does that mean? Without me doing any work at all, without me paying attention at all, at all, I've found out that this guy is like Wally the Whale, right? I stumbled across him just accidentally. Well, not really accidentally. I purposely use the HUD so that I can find stuff like this, right? This guy, Wally the Whale, 80% of hands he plays, never raises. He's now the mark at the table. And then speaking of the mark, right? I freaking love fish, so fish are just loose passive players who play just way too many hands and the things that they love, like I love all of this that I'm telling you about poker. They love seeing flops and making strong hands like straights and flushes. That's all they care about, right? And they want to crack pocket aces with 9-5 offsuit, that kind of thing too. So because they can't think beyond their two cards and the board, they make decisions that are pretty face up. So they're pretty easy to play against. Now, like I mentioned before, I love the HUD. The fact that I have the HUD help me spots or helps me to spot these fishes super darn easily. And when I spot one of these at the table, like Wally the Whale, right? Um, I've got to sit there until I get his whole stack or he ends up leaving. You can't leave the table with a mega fish on the line. Kind of like a, like when you hit a hot streak at a craps table, right? You just do not leave. You don't collect your chips until that uh, until the hot roller rolls a seven and passes the roll to somebody else, right? And this reminds me of a story. Uh, I had a boss one time. And we went to a company trip up to Lake Tahoe. Now, we went to one of the casinos there, and I was in the middle of a hot streak on a craps table. I mean, I had $50 maybe, give or take, on the table at the time, but I was up like 400 in my stack, right? In the middle of the hot streak, I kid you not, he came up to me, uh, pulled on my shirt, you know, like tugged on it a little bit to get my attention, and he said, Sky, are you about done? We're ready to leave. And I looked at him, and... I had thoughts running through my head like, leave me the F alone. Can't you see I'm on a hot streak? You never interrupt a hot streak. What are you, a casino cooler? That kind of thing, right? But I looked at him with all of these thoughts and I just said, yeah, sure. Just as soon as the roller busts out. And I learned after the fact uh, on the car ride back, he was in a different car. Uh, we were in, We were in our car. Uh, and, uh, I, I found out that he was like two or $300 in the hole. So he was like probably feeling sour grapes and jealous that I was up. So he came and tried to cooler me on the craps table. I've never told anybody that story, but, uh, it just, you know, uh, memories anyway. So, uh, another thing about fish, right? I love isolating the fish. So when you can get them all to yourself, especially when they limp into the pot and you have position against them, that's when you come in for that big iso raise. Six, seven, eight big blinds. Everybody else folds. But because this guy limped in, he's probably one of the weakest ones at the table. He's going to call you right there. Um, and so you get to the flop against them and you have position. And it's great when you find somebody who folds a lot on the flop when they're out of position because they just bloated the pot by limping and then calling but they give up easy, easily on it on the flop. Easy money-making situation right there. Like your plan is to ISO them and then C-bet them at every opportunity. 
And speaking of plan, something else I love about poker, I love it when a plan comes together and I pull the trigger on a plan, regardless of the results. So sometimes you ISO-raise the player with a total plan to take it away you know they fold most of the time. But it doesn't always work, right? Maybe the hand that they ended up having was at the top of their range. Instead of having like uh, a 9-7 suited, they actually had a king-jack suited, something like that. And then they flop top pair and they're just not going to give up against you. But that's okay, right? You're paying attention to the player. You're looking at their HUD. You're making plays that exploit their frequencies. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but you have to be okay with those negative results in those instances, right? Be happy with the fact that you found an exploit. You pulled the trigger, but it didn't work this time. Just be happy with that, though. So that's one thing I love when a plan comes together. I also love it when I'm in A game mindset, right? When everything is clicking and I'm playing in that A game mode, I'm paying attention to the table, paying attention their, uh, to their, to their plays. I'm thinking about their ranges. I'm narrowing the ranges as the streets go. And then I make exploitative plays based on my read on the situation. Now, this A game play, it's often a result, I think, of warming up properly before the session and then removing all distractions. So all I have on the computer screen in front of me are the poker tables. No Netflix, no email, none of that other stuff, right? So I love that A game play. Uh, and then, uh, and, oh, another thing I love are turbo tournaments. Uh, sometimes when you play in a turbo tournament or a nightly tournament at a casino, it's like 15 minute levels, right? But the tournament takes four or five hours to get down to the final three players where you finally chop, right? Well, if you play a turbo tournament, they're only five minute levels. But in those five minutes online, because you don't have a dealer and you have uh, time constraints, you get more hands in those five minutes than you do in the 15 minutes live. So I love those turbo online tournaments. Plus, uh, you know, late reg ends in just an hour or so, sometimes less than an hour, and you make the money so much quicker. And if you get to the final table in first place, that often happens after just three hours, not up to like five hours. So there's less time spent with turbo tournaments online. And I love that, you know, being a dad and having this business that I run from the house, it's so hard to get outside of the house and play even a nightly turbo tournament, right? Too tough. Oh, and uh, related to tournaments, I love one-table sit-and-goes. You get your tournament fix in a much shorter time, which is freaking lovely, right? It's also great that online players, they're notoriously weak in sit-and-goes. They don't have time to play one of their full, like, four, five, seven-hour tournaments online, so they want to jump on a quick one. But they put their terrible tournament play to use in the sit-and-go. So all you have to do, is sit back, be a little bit patient, and then let your less knowledgeable and less skillful opponents just freaking knock each other out of the tournament. And I can't tell you how many times I was just card dead, not dealt anything worth playing. Jack, deuce, 9-5, hand after hand. I don't play a single hand. And all of a sudden, I find myself on the bubble with still 1,400 chips in level two, you know? I freaking love sit and goes. And the last thing, tournament-related, I love 55-minute breaks. Or not 55-minute breaks, but 5-minute breaks that occur 55 minutes after the hour. When you play in a live tournament, those breaks are, they're freaking, like, 
uh, 15, maybe 10 to 20 minutes long, and they take place every hour to an hour and a half, right? But having a five-minute break every hour is so much better. Plus, you're at home. I mean, the bathroom's right there. You don't have to wait in line for anything. Go to the bathroom, get a water, do some push-ups, bam, you're back at the table and ready to play. You don't have to walk around the casino for 10, 15 minutes. You have to uh, sit over there and look at the blackjack tables to try to pass the time, you know? Another thing about online poker, and this maybe is poker in general, but I love how poker is a game of skill, right? And the more time you put into it, the better you end up getting. But those poker skills that you develop, they can also be applied to the outside world. So for example, I believe in the power of studying and working to be 1% better every single day. Now, it really works for poker because I've been studying every day for years now and I feel my skills are way more improved because of that study. Now, recently, I've been applying this to something outside of poker. I am going to Japan later this year on a family trip and I'm brushing up or actually not really brushing up, learning Japanese. Uh, back in 2000 to 2002, 18 years ago, I lived in Japan for a year and a half while I was teaching English and I learned a little bit of Japanese while I was there. But it's been 18 years, so I forgot a ton of it. So today, or not just today, every single day, I'm putting in one hour a day with a language app that's called Pimsleur. And they have they have like 100 different languages on it, but I'm doing the Japanese one, right? One lesson, 30-minute lessons, I'm doing it twice per day. And I'm absolutely loving it. Like, hajimemashite, dozo yoroshiku, and watashi wa sky desu, and omise wa shimete imasu ka? Or, migi jarimasen? Or, takai desu yo? You know, I just love Japanese. It's a fun language to speak. And two more things on my list of poker loves. The reasons why I'm asking online poker to be my Valentine this year. Uh, first off, or not first off, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Poker is a game of skill, right? The harder you work, the more success you get because poker relies more on skill than on luck. Uh, poker does, of course, reward luck quite often, right? We all see people suck out with the worst hand, runner, runner, straight and stuff to beat our trips, right? But I believe that skill will win out and it does win out in the end. So if I were to give poker a skill to luck ratio, I would say it's probably 80-20. Now, other forms of gambling like blackjack, that's probably a skill to luck ratio of 20-80, opposite of poker. And then craps, that's probably like 5 to 95, where the only skill in craps comes from avoiding those total sucker bets. And the last thing I love about poker is my poker business. Now, I love how online poker is allowing me to support my family with this business. You know, it's all thanks to the support of all of you listening right now, my supportive and faithful audience. You're listening to the podcast, you're telling your friends, you're buying my books, you're signing up for the Poker Forge, buying my webinars, and so many other modes of support that you're giving me. I truly do appreciate it, and I love each and every one of you. So along with online poker... Will you be my Valentine as well? (laughs) Uh, I sure hope so. And hey, I'll see you later tonight at the Valentine's Day Sock Hop. All right, and one last thing I want to do is play for you the daily poker tip that I released today. It's a Valentine's Day related poker tip, so this seems like it's the perfect time to do so. You can get this and all other daily poker tips for yourself by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash daily poker tips. One word there at the end, slash daily poker tips. Happy Valentine's Day. So you play poker. You put your hard-earned money on the line. And if there is someone in your life that kind of allows this, like a wife or a husband, let them know you appreciate it. Give them a box of 
Brand new clay poker chips. Bring them a bouquet of lovely Copag playing cards. Take them to dinner at their favorite casino or card room. And watch a movie together and be sure to choose one of their favorites. Probably Maverick or Ocean's Eleven, right? Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Alrighty, your learning is not complete until you visit the show notes page at smartpokerstudy.com slash pod278. You can basically get a transcript for today's episode and links to everything I discussed. And if you're down with taking action to improve your skills and your poker bankroll, you must become a member of thepokerforge.com. Every month in The Forge is dedicated to one specific theme in an effort to turn you into a poker master. This month right now, I'm turning all of my Poker Forge members into Poker Study Commandos. So check it out, thepokerforge.com. My other podcast, like I just played for you, Daily Poker Tips, that's available wherever you listen to podcasts or just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash dailypokertips. Alrighty, I'll be back next week with a brand spanking new episode for you. So until then, take action on and off the felt to become the player you want to be. Be